0: BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk.
1: And we thank you for joining us on a Friday News Roundup today here on Crosstalk. Again, a week filled with a lot of news and information, uh, things that are going on, not only here in the U.S., but abroad as well. We're going to cover a number of issues, spend a little bit of time on Israel. We've spent a whole lot of time on Israel earlier this week. We'll have more guests next week uh, pertaining to some of the unfolding events there, but But uh, certainly, friends, we understand that these times are critical times, and uh, not only do we want to be understanding of the times, but to understand also the urgency we have in these times to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ, to spread the good news of the gospel. Friends, this world is quickly coming to a climax, I believe, and uh, it's so important that we spread the good news in such a time as this. And uh, talking of good news, as you hear some of these stories today, you're saying, Jim, that's not good news. No, but we have a Savior. That is good news. His name is Jesus, who came into this world to save sinners. And that's a message we need to uh, uh, proliferate, uh, knowing that uh, time is short. Time is short in this world. And uh, certainly we want to advance what's going on. So as we recite what's going on in this world today, I trust it builds an urgency in us greater than ever before. So, friends, we're going to begin here, yes, indeed, with Israel. And uh, taking a look here from Fox News, we see the Israel Defense Forces said today that the military is expanding its ground operations into Gaza. Rear Admiral Daniel Hagari, Army spokesman, said aerial attacks have been targeting Hamas tunnels and other targets. He said the IDF is acting with great force to achieve the objectives of the war. Sources tell Fox News that mobile communication systems inside Gaza have collapsed entirely, rendering communications for civilians virtually impossible. The IDF said earlier that Hamas terrorist targets were struck by ground troops, fighter jets, and unmanned aerial vehicles over the past 24 hours. He also reported that Israel's military successfully attacked a major Hamas stronghold during their second ground offensive in Gaza. This is used by Hamas operatives, planners, and masterminds. They vowed to reveal evidence that the terrorist group is exploiting civilian locations to carry out attacks. Admiral uh, Higari uh, said during a press conference this morning that Israel continued its offensive action from the land, air, and sea last night with an emphasis on the neighborhood, which is one of the most uh, terrorist strongholds of Hamas. He also updated the number of deceased IDF soldiers to 310, the number of hostages he reported as being 229. From uh, Israel, uh, heim.com. The IDF and the Shin Bet, that's the Israel Security Service, successfully killed the deputy head of Hamas's intelligence disposition, who, along with another Hamas leader, planned the October 7th attack on Israel, the IDF reported last evening. From Fox News, the U.S. military conducted airstrikes on two facilities in eastern Syria yesterday. That's in response to ongoing uh, attacks against American military. And uh, the personnel in Iraq and Syria over the past week, uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Dawson said in a statement last night that the U.S. does not see conflict, but the Iranian-backed attacks on American forces are unacceptable and must stop. There have been 19 attacks, 19 attacks against American personnel in Iraq and Syria since October 17th. That includes three additional attacks yesterday. That's according to a uh, Pentagon spokesperson. The New York Post saying an approximate uh, 900 additional troops stationed in the U.S. are being deployed to the Middle East in response to all this that's taking place. Uh, Politico telling us that 19 American service members stationed in Iraq and Syria have been diagnosed with traumatic brain injury after rocket and drone attacks from Iran-backed militants last week. The Pentagon confirmed this yesterday. Uh, From Pamela Geller... Uh, A man arrested Wednesday in Los Angeles after trying to invade the home of a Jewish family. The Los Angeles Times reported that the suspect, Daniel Garcia, accused of entering the home's backyard, trying to kick in a door. He was held at bay by an occupant who contacted the police. He was allegedly heard yelling, free Palestine and kill Jews the Los Angeles P- Police Department said in a release. Todd Stern says several Jewish students were attacked and injured, injured by a pro-Palestinian mob at Tulane University. To be clear, the university president, Mike Fitz, said in a statement to the Tulane Student Newspaper, we condemn and are outraged by today's violence and the hateful language and rhetoric we heard. It is counter to everything we stand for, at Tulane. What started out as a peaceful demonstration, unfortunately... It evolved into a violent incident and a dark day for our community. Several protesters were arrested, but uh, Jewish students physically attacked. From Just the News, Maine Governor Janet Mills said yesterday 18 people dead, 13 people injured, after a gunman opened fire Monday evening in multiple locations in the town of Lewiston, Maine, saying this was a dark day for Maine. Police said a warrant is out for the arrest of Robert Card for eight counts of murder. Uh, This was as of yesterday, had not been charged with 18 murders because 10 of the victims had not been identified as of the press conference yesterday. Schools, colleges, daycare centers, businesses ordered shuttered in Lewiston and the surrounding areas as the manhunt widens. And uh, that is widening. And uh, there are developments even finding a uh, it's been reported that a gun was found in the shooting suspect's car and uh, other information that's breaking there. But uh, many grieving families today, many grieving homes, a city that's in unrest. And uh, friends, let's continue to be praying regarding this is unfolding uh, in Maine and uh, be praying that uh, uh, the alleged uh, uh, shooter is apprehended. From Western Journal, we find that Democrat Representative Angie Craig of Minnesota added a personal comment to her vote for the Speaker of the House of Representatives Wednesday. Before Craig cast her losing vote against the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, she prefaced her vote for House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries with a shout-out saying, Happy wedding anniversary to my wife. Yeah, she made this announcement to highlight that she's married to a woman, while Johnson has been proudly uh, standing for traditional marriage Craig was proud of this minor stunt, shared it on social media and uh, said, Mike Johnson spent his legal career fighting against same-sex marriage, adoption and marital benefits. Now he's brought that fight to Congress. Proud to vote against him on my 15th anniversary with my wife. Um, And and then also said uh, at Rep. Mike Johnson, enjoy it while it lasts. It won't be long. Um, Take that as you will. From Western Journal, former President Donald Trump bolted out of a New York courtroom after the presiding judge, a Democrat, denied his request for a directed verdict, despite the fact that the testimony of the state star witness fell apart. Trump immediately got up and stormed out of the courtroom with Secret Service agents chasing after him, NBC News reported. The move was not expected and appeared to surprise even the attorneys. The events unfolded after Trump's former personal attorney, Michael Cohen, the key witness in this $250 million civil fraud lawsuit brought by Democratic New York Attorney General Letitia James, admitted that the former president had never ordered him to falsify financial statements to artificially inflate the net worth. So Mr. Trump never asked you to inflate the numbers? And uh, correct, Cohen said. Well, Wednesday, the judge and the New York Supreme Court denied a motion for a directed verdict made by the defense, who argued that Cohen's exculpatory testimony sank the state's case. Outside the courtroom, former President Trump slammed the judge for denying his request for a directed verdict, saying Cohen's testimony torpedoed the state's lawsuit. The witness just admitted that we won the trial, Trump said in the hallway, and the judge should end this trial immediately, later calling it a witch hunt. Western Journal also reporting a judge in Colorado has refused to dismiss a lawsuit aimed at the blocking former President Trump from the uh, being on the 2024 presidential ballot over claims that he engaged in, quote, insurrection in the aftermath of the 2020 election. The suit claims that Trump's name on the ballot would violate the 14th Amendment, which prohibits anyone from holding office who has engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. The Trump campaign criticized the ruling, saying that Wallace got it wrong. Wallace referring to the Colorado district judge. Just the News is reporting the FBI received information about possible criminal activity involving the Biden family from more than 40 informants. Over an extended period of time, but most avenues investigation were thwarted. Senator Chuck Grassley revealed in a bombshell letter to the Attorney General Merrick Garland. That was just released this Wednesday. This letter is based on years of investigation, including the provision of information records and the allegations from multiple Justice Department whistleblowers that indicate that this is and has been an effort along among certain Justice Department and FBI officials to improperly delay and stop full and complete investigation activity into the Biden family, including but not limited to FD 1023s referencing the Biden family, Grassley wrote. Grassley said Americans need answers to an essential question. Here's a question. Did the FBI investigate the information or did they shut it down? From Just the News, House Intelligence Committee Chair Mike Turner said that President Joe Biden needed to be treated exactly the same as former President Trump over his alleged mishandling of classified document, uh, government documents, a crime that Trump faces 40 counts while Biden currently faces nothing. Just the News also reporting Louisiana has become the most recent state to adopt a ban on Zuckerbucks. that's the injection of private money into public election administration, from their elections through a constitutional amendment following a veto by the Democratic governor over similar legislation. Voters cast their ballots uh, this past Saturday in the statewide race for governor and lieutenant governor, attorney general, secretary of state. This is where uh, the uh, uh, Jeff Landry won the gubernatorial primary election other races are still being settled uh, the race of the statewide race is advancing to runoffs next month okay well marjorie taylor green according to just the news uh, blasted the recent plea deal reached by representative jamal bowman over his pulling the fire alarm during votes for a resolution on u.s government spending that's not enough greens told uh, said on wednesday Uh, She said uh, he should be in D.C. Gulag along with the other people that walked into the Capitol on January 6th. Why hasn't the FBI raided his house in the middle of the night? Gabriel Schlogen Rubenstein, a spokesman for the D.C. Attorney General's Office, confirmed the plea deal, told Axios that Bowman had pleaded guilty and would be paying a fine of $1,000. Wasn't he trying to stop a vote from taking place uh, there in, in, in the Capitol? Just News also says that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene said, I've introduced a censor re- resolution against Rashida Tlaib for leading what we would call an insurrection into the Cannon House building with radical pro-Hamas groups. In the U.S. supporters of a ceasefire between Israel and Hamas occupied the Cannon Office building and staged a sit-in during which they waved banners and were chanting, Not in our name! Capitol Police arrested many of the participants. Tlaib was present at the event, even reposted a photo of her with demonstrators outside. According to Green, some of the members of the sit-in included members of the Southern Poverty Law Center and a group called Global Intifada. Global Intifada. Well, friends, uh, let me just also share this before the break uh, from the thenewamerican.com. While the world is distracted by wars and atrocities in the Middle East and Ukraine, The work of fastening the shackles of tyranny on the world's peoples has been continuing unabated in the halls of the United Nations. They are pushing for interlocking technologies, including global digital ID, global health records, central bank digital currencies and social credit scores, enabling using digital tracking technologies and interlocking databases using these tools. Under uh, active development, a centralized authority like the U.N. could regulate each person's life down to the most seemingly insignificant detail. I want to share with you what's happening in some of the countries around the world on this issue. We'll be back in one minute. A news roundup Friday here today on Crosstalk. We'll be right back.
2: Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris author and seminar speaker with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, as a scientist, is it legitimate to use Scripture in your creation teaching?
0: Yes, indeed, Chris. In fact, I think it's illegitimate not to. There are times, of course, when a scientific answer is needed. In some of our creation evolution debates on university campuses, we try to limit the arguments to the scientific evidences only. But we never try to hide the fact that we're Bible-believing Christians and are coming at this from a biblical perspective. There is no intent to deceive. Often people who attend these debates have their eyes open to the truth of creation and then are more ready to accept a later witness from Scripture. But keep in mind that Scripture is alive and powerful and able to do mighty things. If we would truly win the argument, we must go back to Genesis without apology as our basis for creation.
2: For more on the importance of creation... Visit our website at icr.org.
1: This is a news roundup day on Crosstalk. And, uh, yeah, if you think I've been talking fast, I have. But keep this in mind. I've got one mouth, but you've got two ears, so you should be able to listen twice as fast as what I'm talking today. Um, Talking about there's so much going on. And we just want to keep you informed on so many issues. We've spent a lot of time, certainly, on what's taking place in the Middle East at this time, the uh, the, uh, the the tragic terrorist activity upon Israel by Hamas. Uh, we've seen that unfold, and we've dealt with many programs. There's so many other issues also going on that we want to bring to your attention. We're just talking about this global digital ID and... Uh, this part of the U.N. Agenda 2030 plan is is part of that. But several uh, recent signs that the U.N. is pushing this turbocharged global digital I.D. development has been gaining steam, reports the new American.com. In August, the nation of Ghana set to begin issuing digital I.D.s to newborn children. India and the U.N. announced a team up effort to speed up adoption of digital public infrastructure, including digital I.D., Two dozen African nations held events to celebrate ID Day. According to Biometric Update, a site tracking digital ID developments in the U.S., the NGO ID2020 founded in 2014 to begin the worldwide development push for digital IDs with the United Nations. So much is happening so very, very quickly. And uh, one of the groups uh, keeping abreast of this and reporting on it is The New American, thenewamerican.com. Well, Bill Gates is not quiet. Uh, the Epic Times reporting that the Gates Foundation is spending some forty million dollars on countries in Africa and other economically backward nations. They report to produce new mRNA vaccines in efforts to prevent. Okay, I'm just reporting the story to prevent against diseases like tuberculosis and malaria. Many many are skeptical about the use of mRNA shots uh the reporting an off-duty commercial airline pilot who tried to shut down the engines of a regional jet mid-flight told an officer it was his first time making or taking rather psychedelic mushrooms and we just see a state pass this recently federal prosecutors on tuesday charged joseph david emerson of pleasant hill california with one count of interfering with flight crew members in attendance The pilot already faces 83 counts of attempted murder filed by state prosecutors. Emerson told responding officers that he hadn't slept in 40 hours and was having a nervous breakdown. Police said that his uh, off-duty Alaskan airline pilot seated in a cockpit jump seat had attempted to shut down the plane's engines during flight. After landing, the officers interviewed the two pilots. The two pilots said that Emerson was talking with them in casual conversation before he tried to grab and pull two red fire handles that would have activated the plane's emergency fire suppression system and cut off fuel to its engines. But uh, being impacted by these uh, psychedelic mushrooms called magic mushrooms? See what magic that produces, folks. From FoxNews.com, President Biden's Department of State was torched online over its statement on, well, not about Israel, not about what was taking place on on the, the manhunt that's going on in Maine, but instead a statement they're putting out on Intersex Awareness Day. Yeah, that's amid the war in Israel and a manhunt for a deadly shooting suspect in Maine. State Department spokesman Matthew Miller released a statement yesterday saying the department was affirming the United States' commitment to promoting and protecting the human rights of intersex persons globally. As President Biden stated in his 2021 memorandum on advancing the human rights of LGBTQI plus persons around the world, it is the policy of the United States to pursue an end to violence and discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity or expression and sex characteristics, Miller said. Friends, there is never a break, never a break in this agenda. And when we see what is happening and the wars unfolding around this world, and yet our State Department is concerned about putting out an Intersex Awareness Day posting, Something's wrong, folks. We see what happens as we live in this Romans 1 society. And here's some more examples. Breitbart reporting, President Joe Biden's Department of Health and Human Services ordering its employees to defy biological reality by referring to transgender coworkers by their preferred pronouns. HHS, which employs approximately 80,000 people in the U.S. and abroad, imposed its new gender identity and non-discrimination guidance late last week, uh, or within the last couple of weeks, which outlines employees' rights and protections related to gender identity, according to alleged HHS emails sent to employees. All employees should be addressed by the names and pronouns they use to describe themselves, the email said. The HHS also posted a video on YouTube designated as Unlisted in which HHS Secretary Andrea Palm says the policy allows colleagues to show up every day as their whole selves. I want to say clearly to every one of you, you who you are, you are you, and, and you know yourself to be is valid, Palm said. We want you to be your authentic self every day, regardless of your gender identity, sexual orientation, race, ethnicity, religion, or disability status. Well, according to LifeSightNews.com, HHS employees who resist Biden's transgender pronoun mandate go look for another job, you'd be fired employees who reportedly decline to use a person's preferred pronouns regardless of their actual sex can be deemed to have contributed to an unlawful, hostile, and discriminatory environment. The Center is reporting, while some churches are decorating with autumn leaves and pumpkins and fall decor, the First Unitarian Universalist Congregation of the Palm Beaches is, well, they're decking their altar with drag pumpkins. Pumpkins dressed as drag. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Romans 1 at it once again. One American News Network is reporting the NBA. By the way, they began their season this week. Well, first, they have now the first non-binary transgender referee as the season has gotten underway. Townhall.com reports a biological male athlete who identifies as transgender. Secured his eighth world fencing title in the competition against female athletes, according to OutKick, the athlete Liz Co- uh, Kokab is a six-one biological male. A female fencer from Finland has been denied her second consecutive world title in a rematch against this male fencer. According to another female fencer, most comp- uh, competitors have been completely unaware that they're dueling a man on X, formerly known as Twitter, Women's sports advocate Riley Gaines called COCAB an entitled cheat. That's her words. Okay, not only in uh, fencing, a transgender there, but New York Post reporting that uh, two transgender cyclists took home gold and silver at a women's cycling event in Chicago, sparking fresh fresh controversy as only one biological female made it to the podium. These are biological males identifying as females, and congratulations, you beat other females in bike races. The Daily Signal reporting this. Parents of high school girls in Maine. Having to compete against biological males say they fear the end is near for women's sports. And the mind of these young ladies is going to be really detour them from ever giving the effort because we're never going to be able to beat this person, said Chris Boyington, whose daughter lost to transgender runner Soren Stark Chessa in a recent Maine cross-country race. Soren Stark Chessa, a bi- biological male a runner who identifies as a female at Maine Coast Waldorf High School in Freeport, went from the middle of the pack in boys' races to winning the fastest sophomore girl award at at uh, Maine's largest high school cross country race in Belfast, Maine on September 30th. At the Festival of Champions that day, Stark Chelsea placed 5th, though his time would have placed 162nd in the boys' race. He is set to run against the girls again, state championships taking place tomorrow. From townhall.com to Tennessee elementary school substitute teachers cited for prostitution after police completed an undercover sting, according to multiple reports. Reportedly, the two were cited in August when Chattanooga police narcotics and detectives went undercover in a a prostitution sting. Both of these teachers, LGBTQ plus activists. From the Epoch Times, the number of births in China dropped for the sixth consecutive year last year and is now the lowest since 1949 when the Chinese Communist Party took power in China, despite its scrapping the notorious one-child policy in 2016. On October 12th, the National Health Commission of China's communist regime reported 9.56 million births in 2022. That was half the number of 17.58 million births recently recorded uh, in the year 2017. They have been ramping up efforts to curb the declining trend in this population. They understand where this is going, this population bomb. And and they are finding uh, Chinese people over the age of 65 are being referred to as the gray tide in Chinese media, now accounting for 14.9% of the population in 2022, making it a rapidly aging society. And you know where that's going to lead, don't you, folks? Yep. Euthanasia just around the corner. LifeNews.com reporting Ohio Governor Mike DeWine urging state residents to oppose the abortion ballot measure issue number one, saying it is so radical that it would allow aborting babies up to birth. This is the second time the governor has spoken out publicly, urging Ohio citizens to vote no on issue one. One misleading ad makes it appear that women will not be able to get medical care for miscarriages unless Issue 1 passes, which is entirely false because Ohio women can get medical treatment for miscarriage every day, currently, without Issue 1. The governor also explained that Issue 1 is so extreme that it would overturn parental consent on abortion and sex changes for minors. Friends in Ohio, I hope you're paying attention to what's going on in your state. This critical, important question on your ballot. And it it is uh, early voting is going on in Ohio right now on this very issue. LifeNews.com is reporting Restoration News has identified $9 million in contributions to the pro-issue one campaign by leftist dark money groups and mega donors, all of which are based outside of Ohio. The 1630 fund that has dumped $1.3 million into the race, the biggest lobbying arm of the world's largest dark money network run by Arabella Advisors, they report. They've traced $2.3 million from the ACLU and its Ohio arm in the issue one race. Guess who else is involved? George Soros, pumping a half million into the pro issue one campaign through his in-house advocacy group, Open Society Police Center. Ditto Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion provider, which has funneled $1.8 million into codifying abortion rights in Ohio through its various arms. And uh, also, LifeSightNews.com reporting notorious partial birth abortion pioneer Martin Haskell putting in $100,000 behind the effort to enshrine a right to effectively unlimited abortion in the Ohio Constitution, which opponents of the ballot measure say is a fitting illustration of what Ohioans can suspect if it s- succeeds. We're going to take a break here momentarily on crosstalk, but again, people in Ohio, I hope you're understanding the gravity of this issue, what is on your ballot, that you are informed and that you cast a prayerful vote. Friends, this is not an election you can sit out. What will you tell your children and grandchildren down the road as it relates to this race, to this ballot measure? No, I was too busy. You know, I I had to get the house cleaned, had to get the oil changed in the car. I couldn't couldn't get out there and vote on that day. Just too busy with other things. No, I I guess I wasn't registered to, to let my voice be heard shame on us. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk and News Roundup Friday, and I've got more stories and issues following the break, so stay tuned here to the VCY American Network.
2: Are you aware of past crises when America's fate hung desperately in the balance? The French and Indian War, the Revolution, the Civil War, and in other national events, leaders in our country called the nation to prayer. In the book, Miracles in American History, author Susie Federer recounts 32 amazing stories of answered prayer. Read about events like The Winter at Valley Forge, The Boston Tea Party, Dense fog that appeared, allowing 8,000 troops to escape. The Star Spangled Banner and other events where prayer had an impact. You'll also learn when Apollo 13 was lost in space and what happened after the President called the nation to prayer. Volume 1 of Miracles in American History is available for a donation of $18 or obtain Volumes 1 and 2 with additional stories for a donation of $33. Call
1: 1-800-729-9829. You're tuned to Cross Talk here on VCY America. We thank you for tuning in today and all this week. Have some uh, guests lined up next week here to join us on the program. Mike Gendron schedule will be with us on Monday taking a look at the Reformation. Uh, We also are looking forward to uh, David Rubin, who lives in Israel's West Bank, joining us for a day on the broadcast. Also, Bible prophecy teacher um, Dr. Gary Frazier scheduled to be with us been some a long time since he'd been on the program and uh, we're looking forward to his participation on the broadcast as well. Trust you'll take time to tell others about the program crosstalk that airs on the station and friends why I mentioned that please contact your local station let them know how much you appreciate this program how much you appreciate being kept informed and on the on the issues and certainly a counter to what you're hearing from mainstream media across the nation but uh uh, take time to contact your local station and get behind and please support your local station that brings you crosstalk life news.com is reporting joe biden's pick to head the national institutes of health supports research using the body parts of babies killed in abortion as a result a leading pro-life group strongly opposes monica burda Bertig- nomination as the next director of the nih At her confirmation hearing, she refused to condemn the practice of buying and selling aborted baby body parts for federally funded research, instead giving a nod to NIH practices that exploit human life. As a result, Susan B. Anthony lists uh, pro-life president Marjorie Dannensfelzer told Life News, who her group stands against her. Lubbock, Texas. The county of Lubbock, Texas, has passed an ordinance banning abortions and becoming a sanctuary county for the unborn. The move follows the city of Lubbock that's done the same thing. The measure also bans the sale of dangerous abortion drugs that kill babies and kill or injure women. We understand that the new pro-life law took place, uh, took effect immediately. From the Christian Post, a federal judge has blocked Colorado from enforcing what it is said to be the first law of its kind in the U.S., banning abortion pill reversal. So there is is a pill that reverses the abortion pill. Colorado had said, no, you may not give this reversal pill. If somebody takes that pill, you know that baby must die. Uh, Put doctors at risk of having their licenses revoked for unprofessional conduct if they told about this reversal pill. Well, friends, right now, a judge has blocked this ban on the abortion pill reversal. Great news. And we'll continue to see what happens in the court system on it. From LifeNews.com, it's in the irony of ironies. A Planned Parenthood abortionist who was once profiled as having killed 31 babies in abortions in one day has been nominated for a Human Rights Award. No kidding. No kidding, folks. This is outrageous. Planned Parenthood abortionist Colleen McNicholas is among three finalists selected from across the world for the European Union's Top Human Rights Prize, the Sakharov Prize for Freedom of Thought, the first time in the history of this prize that an abortionist or an abortion advocate has been nominated. This person is one who killed 31 babies in abortions in one day and now nominated for a Human Rights Award. Those 31 babies had a vote. That person would not be getting that award. LifeNews.com, one year since it began performing abortions, the Department of Veterans Affairs released annualized data to the House Veterans Affairs Committee under threat of a subpoena. The VA disclosed to Congress that it had provided 88 abortions through the end of the fiscal year on September 30th, of which 64 were said to have been performed under circumstances of, quote, threats to the mother's health. The VA had been prohibited from killing preborn children in the womb until Mr. Biden made a rule that allowed this to take place. And now 88 lives have been lost. LifeNews.com reporting a medical waste disposal company that was found to be burning aborted babies for energy was fined $1.7 million for a criminal penalty after pleading guilty to over 40 charges related to environmental violations. These violations include failing to properly incinerate medical waste before dumping it into landfills. Folks, think about this. We complain as to what's taking place right now, what Hamas has done to Israelis, that Islamic terrorist attack against Israel. We see this. And yet we have a medical waste company here burning aborted babies for energy. Curtis Bay Medical Waste Services, a Baltimore-based company that works in about 10 states along the East Coast that collects aborted babies from the city Planned Parenthood and possibly other abortion facilities, burns them in a special waste-to-energy incinerator. Reports LifeNews.com. We're going to hit another issue today. Daily Signal says, for the first time ever, U.S. border agents encountered over 3.2 million illegal aliens on America's borders in a single fiscal year. It's a number that is greater than the combined population of Hawaii, Alaska, and Vermont. It's the equivalent of 8,770 each and every day. According to the data, Customs and Border Protection encountered... Four hundred thirty-four thousand five hundred sixty-two more illegal aliens in fiscal year 2023 than in fiscal year 2022. Yes, the red carpet's out. Come on over. Not to mention all those that we're letting in on on you know the free app. Just register in advance of your illegal entry into our country, and and that way the door will be open for you. Voice of America News reports that Venezuelans became the largest nationally arrested for illegally. Uh, crossing the U.S. border, placing Mexicans for the first time on record, replacing them the first time on record. Epic Times is reporting that Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is suing the U.S. Department of Homeland Security in federal court for cutting and destroying uh, this razor wire, uh, these barriers that Texas uh, officials have placed along the southern border to deter illegal uh, crossings. Governor Abbott sought to prevent illegal crossings at the U.S.-Mexico border through an effort known as Operation Lone Star. As part of the operation, the Texas Department of Public Safety and members of the Texas National Guard have set up the fencing along the Rio Grande. In June, Border Patrol agents were caught on video cutting through the rows of razor wire, holding the wire fencing aside to allow a group of illegal immigrants to set foot on Texas oil. According to the complaint, incidents such as the one in June have uh, continued. The lawsuit specifically alleges that the the CBP personnel created numerous breach points along these rows of fencing near Eagle Pass, Texas, in September and October. The lawsuit alleges that the personnel have also began attaching ropes to their vehicles to throw to illegal border crossers to help them climb up at steep points on the riverbanks on the Texas side of the Rio Grande. From Hot Air News, we find that New York Mirror. Eric Adams, ramping up efforts to fly migrants to the destination of their choice, figuring it's cheaper than sheltering them for months on end, and he simultaneously warning that those opting to stay in New York may be in for a winter of sleeping outside with shelters full. When you're out of Rome, that means you're out of Rome, Adams told reporters Tuesday. Every year, my relatives show up for Thanksgiving and they want to all sleep at my house. There's no more room. That's where we are right now. In recent days, the mayor of the nation's largest city has been steering people who were vacated from city shelters to a Manhattan office devoted solely to booking plane tickets, dispersing them across the nation and the world. What happened to your being a sanctuary city with your arms open saying, come here? Daily Mail is reporting Border Patrol has released 13,000 migrants on the streets of San Diego as the city's shelters have been overwhelmed with as many as 500 new arrivals Every single day. New York Post also reporting that they're overseeing 5.7 million migrants into the U.S. who could soon be provided free medical services, food, and even housing by the Biden administration, the Post has learned. The record number of non-detained migrants being monitored by the federal agency, 2.4 million more than before Biden became president, was buried in paperwork detailing its release and reporting management program. It's the RRM Program. Washington Times telling us that DHS is offering rent payments, medical care, a chance at asylum to separated migrant families. The Biden administration has reached a settlement with migrant parents whose children were separated under President Trump's zero tolerance border policy, promising them housing, medical care, trauma therapy, work permits, and legal assistance to help them win a permanent place in the United States. The deal was announced Monday, it does not include. Cash payments, but it does include new rules that would limit future administrations ability to bring misdemeanor charges against illegal immigrant parents as long as they jump the border with their children in tow. And the Epic Times is reporting. That Chicago's illegal immigrants, now eligible to receive up to $9,000 in rental assistance under a new state-run program that includes money to help furnish their new living quarters as the homeless population of Americans living in the streets, on the city streets, continues to soar. And um, one more story on this issue from Breitbart. President Joe Biden's agencies are threatening banks with federal investigations if they do not grant cheap loans to risky, illegal migrants. The Loans for Migrants push yet another effort by pro-migration lobbies to shoehorn illegals into America's fractured society. That multi-angled push benefits migrants and investors but inflicts vast civic and economic damage to ordinary Americans. The agency threats were posted October 12th by Biden's pro-migration radicals at multiple government agencies. Friends, I've got more, but let's open our phone lines. If you want to comment on these or other current event stories, much happening in the world today. These are many stories that we've not been able to get to these issues. Uh, we've covered a lot of matters in the Middle East. Our phone number here at Crosstalk 800-733-9829. That's 800-733-9829. By the way, WND.com is reporting that the New Orleans District Attorney Jason Williams, he was carjacked. Carjacked at the at gunpoint last week in his own city, the New Orleans Police Department confirmed to the Dallas, I rather the Daily Caller News Foundation, Williams was walking his 78 year old mother to his car when two suspects approached the pair, pointed a gun at them, and demanded the DA's car. According to WVVUE. the suspects then jumped into the car and drove off before abandoning the vehicle in an undisclosed location and carjacking a young woman in the area thirty minutes later. It was confirmed. Incidentally, this DA was elected in 2020 after George Soros donated $220,000 to the Louisiana Justice and Public Safety Pact to run campaigns against his opponent. According to the Capital Research Center, Williams campaigned on a platform of social justice reform, promising to find alternatives to incarceration for some criminals and to reform the ineffective and unfair money bail system, according to the campaign website. Well, now... He is a victim of that. Williams declined to prosecute some 65% of all criminal cases in New Orleans in 2021, but slowly began to prosecute more cases as crime in the city rose. That's according to data from the New Orleans government's office. And uh, also, citizens are getting fed up around the, the, the country. Residents in Oakland, California. Have moved to recall Alameda County District Attorney Pamela Price as the city has become consumed by violent crime. Save Alameda for everyone. Started collecting signatures on Sunday in an effort to to place Price, whose 2022 election was funded by Soros, on the 2024 ballot after claiming that the DA's soft-on-crime approach has caused crime in the Oakland area to explode. I understand they need some 73,000 signatures by March of 2024 to recall price. We're going to take a quick break, and uh, friends, we'd like to hear from you today, your comments on these or other current event stories. If you want to comment what's going on in the Middle East right now, if you want to comment on any of these topics we talked about here today, our number is 800-733-9829. 800-733-9829. Back in one minute, you're listening to Crosstalk.
0: For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is WorldviewReport.com. I'm very distressed, my friends, as I see anti-Semitism rising among people who claim to be politically conservative. Some claim to be Christians. Some claim to be followers of the Make America Great Again movement, the MAGA movement. Some claim to be part of America First. What's very sad is, it's from these very groups I'm seeing absolute anti-semitism open attacks on people who are Zionist or Christian Zionist they're actually using that word let's set the record straight Genesis 12 verse 3 says I'll bless those who bless you I'll curse those who curse you we don't agree with everything the government of Israel does but we stand with the Jewish people and understand their historic and biblical right to the land and ultimately we understand what God is doing with the nation of Israel that will eventually lead To Christ's millennial kingdom.
1: A news roundup day here on Crosstalk, where our number is 800 733 9829. Interesting story out of WND.com. Major financial institutions seem to be accelerating in a trend that many conservatives find alarming. It's the closure of physical bank branches now friends it's it's very interesting because as we push toward the central bank digital currency no you know don't need to go to a bank anymore everything is digital according to a bulletin published by the office of the Comptroller of the currency on friday bank of america led the way this would be a a recent friday led the way by closing 21 branches in just the first week of october Wells Fargo was not far behind with 15 closures. U.S. Bank and Chase reported closing nine and three branches, respectively, according to the Daily Mail. In total, some 54 locations had either closed or were scheduled to close between October 1st and October 7th. Major U.S. banks continuing to close branches across the U.S., leaving an increasing number of Americans without access to basic financial services. Uh, the Kipling Gear letter reported that over 3,000 bank branches have closed down nationwide. And friends, it's not going to stop there. By the way, how's, uh, how's your uh, pantry doing right now? Do you have enough supplies in there? Uh, uh, because there, you need to make room for this new staple, a new staple. Um, Tyson, <laughs> this is amazing. Tyson Foods is going protein-centric, actually working on a bug plant reports, WND.com. America's largest meat producer is working on a partnership with a company linked to the World Economic Forum to open a major insect processing plant in the United States. Tyson, the report said, is buying a steak in Protix BV. It's a Netherlands-based company dealing with insect protein. The company's goal is to set up a bug plant in the United States, an operation that will make bug-based meal and oil for use in fish feed and dog food, but... Also for humans. The report noted the demands by the WEF with its World Economic Forum that the masses must give up beef due to the alleged emissions involved in producing meat. Insects are the necessary substitute, the WEF claims. Slay News said an additive made of powdered crickets already is being used in pizza, pasta and other foods in Europe. Again, check your pantry. You got room on your shelf for the new bug products to be coming out. Uh, The Epic Times is reporting the U.S. Senate approved a proposal that would block the Department of Transportation from using federal funds to enforce mask mandates, with some Democrats joining Republicans to pass the measure. The amendment proposed by Senator uh, Vance of Ohio actually passed a 59 to 38 vote on Wednesday of this week, a measure to ban federal mask mandates. By the way, you've been hearing, you've been seeing lots of commercials for the new COVID shot, the new COVID booster. Uh, Although the uh, latest booster shot debuted over a month ago amid media, CDC, and Biden administration fanfare, an increasingly vaccine-skeptical American public continues to stay away in droves from the new jab. As of a few days ago, only about 7 million Americans, roughly 2%, have elected to take the new updated shots produced by Moderna, Pfizer, and BioNTech which purported to target the XBB 1.5 Omicron variant for the coronavirus. The U.S. public isn't buying what the COVID industrial complex, big pharma working in collaboration with big tech, the Biden administration and the media is selling. Very interesting indeed. Let's go to the phone lines. We've got uh, Sue calling from Watertown. Sue, you're on the air. Yes. Hi. My thoughts are
0: about Mike Johnson. um, uh, When we... Curdy was elected and we listened to him and we were kinda of excited. But from what I understand, he has voted against abolishing abortion in Louisiana numerous times. So he can claims he's pro life, but um really concerned about that, that yeah. uh he 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 is willing to do the deals, you know, like six six week heartbeat or um, you know, no no um
1: so you're saying Anything he, against the
0: mothers uh, or the abortions. Okay, so and you're so saying so that he's. I, I'm he, really concerned.
1: Okay, so what you're saying, Sue, is that he has backed things like heartbeat legislation, but mm. not, but not a total ban. Is that correct?
0: Right. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah.
1: Thank you for sharing your thoughts.
0: Thank
1: uh, you. Mm-hmm. And God
0: bless
1: you. You as well. Thank you. A uh, matter of fact, uh, in regard to Speaker John, his first act as speaker was putting a a resolution out uh, to uh, in support of Israel uh, and to uh, condemn. Uh, the attack of Hamas. Just got this uh, before coming in studio here today, and that is uh, the Family Policy Alliance director to lead Speaker Johnson's personnel office is Ruth Ward, who is the director of uh, government uh, affairs at Family Policy Alliance. She's been tapped to lead Speaker Johnson's uh, personnel office as chief of staff, Um, served for six years in Congressman Johnson's office before Uh, She helped to lead Louisiana Family Forum, a member of the Family Policy Council Alliance, uh, as hosted. Uh, Also, uh, yeah, there it is, uh, the story that came from Liberty Council Action Wednesday under the new Speaker of the House. Mike Johnson uh, overwhelmingly passed a bipartisan resolution, a vote of 412 to 10, supporting Israel, condemning Hamas. He is the first, uh, that was his first step as Speaker of the House. Um. Let me just mention uh, got just a couple other stories here as I wrap up the program today. As we were talking about the COVID shot just a moment ago, um, Israel has been a huge uh, backer of the COVID shot, as you know. And uh, it is being reported here by um, LifeSiteNews.com that an Israeli boy featured in a video that was used to push the COVID vaccines on children in a nationwide campaign. Well, he died tragically from a sudden heart attack in late September The boy was just uh, eight years old. Very tragic indeed. LifeSiteNews.com is also reporting uh, Dr. Peter McCullough is warning uh, that the new research indicates that multiple COVID mRNA shots may promote what he's calling turbo cancer. It was during an online symposium organized by the World Council for Health. The renowned internist and cardiologist first highlighted a theory that cancer only develops when multiple different processes of the human body are impacted proceeded to argue that the mRNA shots do in fact trigger multiple different changes in the body that can promote cancer developments meeting the threshold needed to promote or accelerate cancer according to the multi-hit hypothesis. Well friends that's all the time we have today on the Crosstalk program. Certainly troublesome times in which we live and uh, certainly as we started the program today the need to be salt and light in this time in which we live and uh, to be ambassadors for Jesus Christ, to take a stand on these, on uh, such critical matters, to be engaged in, uh, we've got elections coming, Ohio, critical matters on your ballot, other states, Texas doing early voting right now as well, but uh, to be informed on critical issues and to cast a prayerful vote. By the way, friends, um, the Lord's Day is coming, and I trust that you will be in a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching local church. God bless you. Thanks for listening.